Hey, it's time for Up on a Rack with Ed and Jack. And we're talking cars and the tires they roll on. What a bummer when you're doing 70 on a rainy highway and all four of your tires blow at once. Pop, 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 pop. That's the pop experience you want to avoid. But it's your own fault because you bought cheap tires. Sure, the guy that sold them to you on the corner said they were steel radials. That's because he, he stole, stole them. them. Hey, you should have gotten suspicious when he put the white walls on with a spray can. <laughs> if you work downtown in the financial district, get the tires with those big knobby treads. They suck up all the loose change that rich people leave on the streets. And if you got to drive through a dangerous neighborhood, and hey, who doesn't have right, <laughs> bulletproof tires on enough? You need to kind of bounce a bullet right back at the gangbanger. Duck sucker! And here's a tip. If you don't have time to rotate your tires, you can accomplish the same thing by driving backwards in circles. This is Ed. And this is Jack. And we're up on the rack. Hello. This is Mrs. Mars Mendenhall. I live in Fenice, which is just outside Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Well, Easter's over, and we've gotten all the pagan and graven images out of the house and yard. Now, our whole family, Marv Sr., who's a CPA with a company called PRW, Mindy 12 and Marv Jr. 8, are looking forward to the patriotic observances of the spring and summer. We really pull out all the stops for the 4th of July. I get a replica of the Declaration of Independence, and then we sign it. Every year, Marv Sr. pretends he can't decide whether to sign it or not. And then he teases the kids until they cry. And then he gives in and finally signs it. Well, you try it. It's quite festive. This is Mrs. Marv Hall. Bye-bye now, huh? This is Hal Stark, prisoner of the 20th century. Well, I finally kicked my addiction to junk those packages of junk mail my postman drops off every morning. But I'm still heavily involved in the mail liberation movement. That's why I've just returned from an intensive weekend seminar on catalog codependency. We sit in a circle and read our favorite selections out loud to the beat of a drum in order to overcome our shame of being addicted to lots of totally useless objects. Things like weather-predicting ducks, patriotic lawn snakes, police prayer plaques, three-dimensional horse hats, updated gossip benches, whiskey-scented scratch-and-sniff couch pillows, plug-in praying hand surge protectors, and cheddar-scented water-repellent door stoppers. No, 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 enough. I don't need any of this stuff. I'm going to throw this cattle... Wait a minute. It says here that if I don't order something, they'll take me off the mailing list. Hmm. Maybe I could use this solar-powered toilet paper warmer. Yeah. This is Hal Stark, prisoner of the 20th century. The FDA has finally approved the controversial fat substitute Alestra. Almost immediately, people across America began gathering just to chew the fat substitute. New York has begun putting the names and photos of paroled sex offenders in a computer registry. They must be considering starting a dating service for sex offenders. I'm Sharon Stone, the other one. Here with George Tirebiter, Natural Surrealist Party, candidate for vice president. George, you've been on the ticket since 1972. Yes, and on the wagon since 68, Sharon. But let's talk politics. Yes, well, all right. Uh, I am running again for vice president of these United States. Of course, uh, I was elected, as you all know, on the Surrealist Party ticket in 1976. 
by the enfranchisement of the entire biosphere, uh, all, all, all of the contents of the entire universe uh, who wanted their lives saved and protected voted for George Papoon for president in 1976 as their bicentennial good deed. And, and of course, I was elected on George's not-insane ticket, and we immediately uh, went to Washington, where we proceeded to run the country, uh, secretly, of course. And then what happened? Well, in 1980, you know, when my old wartime buddy Ronnie Reagan was elected, well, I was bodily ejected from my vice presidential office by Mrs. Reagan. <laughs> Some people knew her as Nancy. Why bother running again? Well, as you know, Sharon, the vice president is virtually the president, and... Well, in this age of virtual surreality, if I'm elected again, it's really possible for me to extend to everyone a chance to click on the awful oval office, select a position from the fat-free menu, and then I will email everyone some food for thought. It is not insane. Hey, it's time for Up on a Rack with Ed and Jack, and we're talking cars and how to fix them. Not everyone has a time to set up a full-service garage in their living room like Jack and me. <laughs> so when your chariot breaks down, you're going to have to go out and find somebody else to take care of it. We put together a few tips to help you. One, when you go out looking for a shop, I would avoid any place with a name like the world's best damn chili in auto repair or Genius Charlie, the auto man who can. Those places are better at thinking up goofy names and fixing goofed up cars. Right, Jack. Tip number two is to get a feel for how the guy operates. Tell him to check your oil. If he takes out a piece of chalk and puts a big check where the oil goes, I would check out another shop. Tip number three is tell him to rotate the tires. If all he does is back the car up three feet, I just back the hell out of there. This is Ed. And Jack. And we're up on the rack. I'm Hal Stark, prisoner of the 20th century, and you can call me at 1-515-555-4455. That is, if you call me before the first of next month, then you'll have to dial 1-888-555-4455. You see, with all the fax machines and cellular phones, they've had to add new area codes. Of course, you can write me at my zip code 99303, oh, that is, until the end of this year. Then it'll be changed to 99303-278. Eight. <laughs> They've added a busy zip because, guess what? Too many people. I'm already having trouble remembering the secret number for my ATM card, my home security system, and my punch-in car locks. And if I ever forget them, I'll be out on the street without a dime. Gee, maybe that's why there are so many homeless. This is Hal Stark, prisoner of the 20th century, saying 10-4, or should I say 10-4-3877. Oh, no, that starts next week. Hey, it's time for Up on a Rack with Ed and Jack, and we're talking cars! Alternative energy cars. Everybody's talking about them, so we went and test drove them. I took the electric car out for a spin. It was quiet and comfortable, but my range was limited. Next time, I'm going to bring a longer extension cord. I took the solar-powered car out for a day at the beach. It was a fairy tale come true, but it's just like Cinderella's coach. If you don't get home before dark, you got to push that pumpkin. Then I tried the high 
hydrogen-powered model. It runs off of a hydrogen tank, and that's what it looks like. A hydrogen tank! Who wants to carry around 800 pounds of bottled gas to go down and buy beans in a six-pack at the 7-Eleven? I took out the methane model for a spin. It runs off a decomposing material in the trunk, which is okay if you're a slob or a hitman. But for normal Joes like us, it stinks! This is Ed. And Jack. And we're up on the rack. Hello, I'm Mrs. Marv Mendenhall. I'm from Venice, California. Huh? Well, I've had quite a day today. I dropped Mindy at her gangster rap class and Marv Jr. at the Pee Wee Thrasher Shredder Park. He's become quite the skateboarder and blader. His scars aren't very big either. Well, since I was free of the sprouts for a while, I went over to Marv Sr.'s sister's for lunch. Janine Marie means well, but my goodness, her housekeeping habits leave a lot to be desired. When I came in the kitchen, she was rinsing all our food in the sink right next to the drain. Tuna, pickles, olives, onions, everything together. Oh, I fairly gagged, but I didn't let on. When we were going out to the deck through the dining room, I noticed her lovely fiberglass curtains. J.C. Penney's on sale. Very durable. But instead of screwing in a little hook to put the tie back on, she just hammered a big nail into the wall and tore a hole in the tie back. I saw it, but I didn't let on. And then her chair was just coming up... Oh, dear, I was going to give you a helpful household hint, wasn't I? Well, I'm all out of time. Bye-bye now, huh? This is Max Midas with the Midas Touch. Have you ever been in a restaurant, watched a beautiful, yuppie couple sail in and occupy a table while one of them is talking on her cellular phone and the other unloads his phone before he even unsnaps his napkin? Or you're at the flicks watching Arnold peel down to the steel when the guy next to you starts beeping, mumbles on, excuse me, and swaggers up the aisle to make a deal? What's the matter, bozo? Is there more green in your envy than in your wallet? Well, cheer up and ask for whom the bell tolls. It's the Max Midas phony phone, and it's for you. Pick it up and let everybody at your table hear. This is Benny, your broker. He just made a killing going with short pork and long silver. Uh-oh, it's call waiting. Put Benny on hold. Hello, sir, it's your pilot, Eric. We're fueled and cleared for Paris. What's your ETA? Your whole table is eating their hearts out. So pick up the real thing and call now for your Midas phony phone. Hello, this is Max Midas with the Midas Touch. Hi, I'm Hal Stark, prisoner of the 20th century. When I walked down to my mailbox this morning, my eyes started to water and I began to sneeze uncontrollably, a sure sign that another perfume-drenched copy of Vanity Magazine had arrived. The smell of the month this week is Harlot, the latest New World odor promoted by some over-the-hill starlet known only for the stinkers she released in Hollywood. I can't visit my favorite department store anymore because models are lurking everywhere waiting to spring out and spray me with snob or funk or gay outing. And as they proceed down the aisles, atomizing the other customers, I lie wheezing on the floor, smelling like a multicultural whorehouse. I'd rather be sprayed by a cat in heat. Yesterday, even the sanctity of my office was violated when I received a personal fax from Liz Taylor containing a scratch-and-sniff sample of lust. I'm still scratching and sniffing. This is Hal Stark, prisoner of the 20th century. <laughs> According to the Dictionary of American Slang by Richard E. Spears, 1990, OJ stands for overjolt, an overdose of drugs, as in, she overjolted once too often, or, if you OJ again, you will probably die. OJ, obviously jealous old jock. Overly juiced, off-hours junkie, ornery, jazzed, overheard, jabbering outside, June. 
ominous jawing, offensive jamming. Uh-oh, jeopardy, overpowering jabs, on target, jagged, one-on-one, just overkill. Jeez, odious justification, obscene Jezebel, occidental Jew, obituaries, joint, odd joyride, overexposed journey, outlaw jacketed, obedient jailbird, oriental judge, oscillating jurist, ordinary jury, only jerks, obdurate Jeanette, outrageous jargon, Overtime, jumbo. Objection, justified. Oath-sworn Joneses, obscure jokers, obtuse jesters, obfuscating jousters, obsequious jugglers, others, jackasses, obese jawmen, Officer Judas. Overwrought journalists, overpaid jackals. Our job. Offbeat junk, offensive jokes, off-color jibes, off-sides jests, occult jinxes. <laughs> O.J. Jamboree, option, junction, off, jail, overlook jurisprudence. Our justifications outweigh judgment. Justice, outmoded. O.J.'s out. Jesus, ouch, joke.